Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Good evening, dear listeners. Tonight, I welcome actor extraordinaire and infinitely gifted Johnny Alonzo, who has appeared in such shows as Gotham, Dawson's Creek, All My Children, and Nightmare Next Door. And he has also appeared in such films as the Suspenseful Coffin series. He is also one of the main hosts at NASA 360. You can learn more about him at www.johnnyalonzo.com. That's Johnny with two N's and Alonzo with an S. Also joining us tonight will be Patrick Barnett. I'm sorry, Patrick Barnett, associate producer of Coffin 2. He also appeared in that series as the character Jack Sams. Now, Patrick is also an accomplished actor and singer. You could find him out at uh, IMDb at uh, Patrick Barnett. That's B-A-R-N-I-T-T. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Then, though, you can also run out today. Go out there today and rent Coffin or Coffin 2. I've seen the first one. It is fantastic. It's very suspenseful. And Johnny's sort of a shady kind of guy in there. Go to redbox.com or your local Redbox sitting on the corner at uh, your local convenience store. Okay, so I see that Johnny has joined us, so I'm going to bring him on in and uh, ask him a bunch of questions. Hey there, Johnny. What's going on, man? How are you, William? Man, I am fantastic. So, man, I hear this... uh, Coffin is doing well out there. It's getting sold out. It's doing so well. And there's definite plans for a third. So um, talk about that if you can. Yeah, man. Um, the Coffin franchise has just, uh, yeah, it's exploded. It's fantastic. Uh, since the, the premiere that we had a few months back at, um, in Beverly Hills at the Lemley, I mean, uh, the film has just taken off like a rocket. So, uh we're very excited. Coffin 2 was so much fun. I mean, it was, um, it, it was, uh, it's, it's of course, the part two, the Coffin, which uh, we shot almost six years ago. So there was a big gap between Coffin and Coffin 2, and um, yeah. which we thought was going to be kind of um, an issue. We thought that was going to be, uh, it was going to work against us, but actually it worked out to our advantage because within all that time, um, we, our, our audience grew and our fans and, uh, devoted fans, um, just started chiming in and kept asking questions. When are, you know, you ended on a cliffhanging note, coffin, come on, man, what's going on with the rest of the team? What happens? The trick and all this stuff. So, uh, <laughs> we got the green light. Yeah, we, we got the green light from artist view. I mean, uh, from, uh, skyrocket and, uh, we, we decided we put the, uh, coffin two together and, uh, yeah, just that the reception has been phenomenal, and um, Coffin Three is now uh, it's been green lit, and uh, we're looking into shooting that the summer of 2018. Man, very excited, very excited, man. Man, that's great. That's great, and it sounds like yeah. the premiere. It sounds like you had a lot of fun. You had a lot of press there. Lots of press, lots of fun. Um, we had a uh, we had a red carpet. Uh, the red carpet was uh, set up right out front of the Lemley on Wilshire Boulevard, and. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, you know, you, you have, like, searchlights and uh, paparazzo and paparazzi all over the place. Everyone's going to say, well, you know, who the hell is this over here? Yeah. Like, oh, it's just Johnny Alonzo. Like, oh, no big deal. <laughs> so, um, we, we, dude, it was awesome. Um, it was a very, it was a small screening. Like, it was very um, intimate. It was sold out, of course. And, um, and then after that, we had um, a theatrical run in Los Angeles. Uh, I think we had about a week, seven days of a, uh, Coffin two being in the theater, so uh, that was cool. And then um, from there, it you know it launched into Redbox, and uh, I can't even say more about Redbox, man. Um, they really helped us out domestically. 
and uh, everyone's just been saying, "Hey, man, you know, it, it's a really, uh, it's a really popular film because uh, every time they go to the the kiosk or you know they try to find it, it's always sold out." So that's good for us. At the same time, it's like I wish that Redbox bought more DVDs so they just could have had it more in circulation. But hopefully, in Coffin Three, they'll they'll figure it out and uh, get ten per red kiosk box or whatever versus the six or whatever they got. So uh, we're still very grateful for it, man. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you've got a lot of good projects coming up, man. You got the Riddle House uh, with uh, Tracy Fairway. You got Hide and Seek on the Horizon, The Driver. I mean, there's so many things that have either been done or in post-production. Talk about those. Yeah, man. Um, You know, the thing that people don't um, sometimes see, if you're not in the business, is that um, all these credits that we're working on or that we just finished, I mean, this stuff was shot about a year ago. Or you've yeah. been wheeling and dealing in interviews. Yeah, man, you've been wheeling and dealing in interviews with um, auditions and talking to producers and, you know, whatever it may be. I mean, all this stuff has been happening. You know, it's active. So it's like if you don't hear from us, it's only because we are working to work. And, um, yeah, like Hide and Seek, that was awesome. Shoshana Rosenbaum, one one, one talented, talented, talented director and writer. Um, I shot that, brother, in D.C. I shot that in Washington, D.C. And, um it's uh, it was a collective group of uh, filmmakers and directors and um, cinematographers. They were all from Washington. It was all the women in film and video crew, and um, I had such a blast on the set. Um, I got to work with uh, Asher, who was my film daughter, and uh, she's one talented actress. And uh, the script is very it's, it's very twisted. It's very Twilight Zone. You know, it's, it's really going to get you. And um, it was. Um, it was a script that I just couldn't say no to. I and mean, playing a rock and roll dad, I mean, God, man, why not? It was, uh, yeah, I mean, you know. Turn that down. <laughs> yeah, don't, dude, totally. I kind of have the hair for it. So they were like, yeah, man, I guess you're booked. So I nailed that, man. And um, I really enjoyed my time on that set. I mean, I, I can't say enough about it. I mean, it was a short piece. So I'm hoping in the, in the future, if Shoshana's listening, which I think she is, um, maybe we can make a full-length feature out of it. Because really, once again, just like Coffin, um, it left you on that note, like, what is going on? So, um, I like intelligent writing, and I like stuff that just, you know, takes you for a twist. Um, so those guys are fantastic. Um, yes, The Riddle House. The Riddle House um, was a project that was brought up to me when Coffin was screening back in August. Um, we did a screen at Scare LA. Huge, huge uh, Halloween event. It's like the Halloween event of the summer <laughs> in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was great, man. And um, this producer, writer, very talented guy, Edward Abramson, came up to me. He's like, Johnny Alonzo. I'm like, yeah, who the hell are you? He's like, I'm Edward, <laughs> man, Edward Abramson. I'm a fan of your, a fan of your work. I'm like, wow, well, that's kind of cool. I'm being spotted like that and recognized at a festival like this. And we just, yeah. we, 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 we locked in. And yeah, we, uh, you know, I was engaged with the work he was talking about. He was talking about a project called The Riddle House. And it's like this haunted house story. Like an Amityville mm. kind of story, and uh, yeah, dude. I mean, it's, it, it got me. I mean, he hooked me from the second he spoke about it, and um, with his with his um, partner uh, Eric uh, Geisel from um, I don't remember the name of the studios, but it's right next to Paramount Studios. So they invited me over for a meeting, and um, I, I, you know, I went to the studio, and they were telling me about the project, and Edward's just he's so he's so electric. The guy is like, dude, you are the character. I'm like, perfect, man. You know, let, let's let's knock this film out. <laughs> And he's like, listen, man, yeah, we're still in casting. And, um, you know, your character, he's like, once again, like this rock star kind of guy. And he's like, uh, you know, you have a love interest. Um, you have someone that works with you. Just basically, you know, the female version of this character. I'm like, yeah, man. And he's like, do you know anybody? And, of course, I always, uh, I always mention my favorite. I was like, yeah, Tracy Fairway. He's like, do you know Tracy Fairway? I'm like, yeah, of course, man. And uh, <laughs> he's a huge fan of Tracy's work. So this has all worked in my favor, man. Everything is working in my favor. So, um, the Tracy place. is, uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> you know, it's right time, right place, right attitude and, you know, and, and, and just connecting and, uh, the script is written, yeah. dude, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, once this is all locked and loaded with all of our contracts, it's not just a one, it's not just a one-off, it's a two picture deal, Riddle House and Riddle House too. Um, also my friend Lucky Harmon is, uh, yeah, they've been talking to him too. Cause, uh, he's got like this cool music vibe, uh, He's also an actor. I think he was on your show not too long ago. Yes, he was. So, um, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, good guy back east. And um, so, you know, all that is, like I said, Edward, I can't say enough about, man. He's, he's, a, he's a strong guy. He's a driven producer. The writing is amazing. I mean, 
Tracy will tell you, my, I will tell you that, or any actor will tell you, if you've read enough scripts, you know when you see gold. And uh, it's written super, super strong, super well, and it's, um, it's intriguing. I mean, you can just read it and you can visualize. That's, that's, that's what I tell my agent. If I can't see anything <laughs> mind's eye-wise, then um, it's not gripping me. It doesn't mean it's not good. It's just that it's not for me. Um, I read the first five pages of the Riddle House, and uh, I, I just I had to do it. And I'm not just because Tracy's in it; I just had to do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, we're looking forward to it. We're, we're trying to shoot this. Yeah. I think the producer yeah. said, "Yeah, mid to late January, man, in Hollywood." Yeah, now she, you said the first five pages. So, I mean, is mm-hmm. that something you find typically with scripts that it's basically the first five pages that either make or break it for you? Yeah, you know, there's there's kind of an industry standard with, 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 like, agents. I've heard that, you know, they say usually the first 10 to 20 pages. The 20 pages are already deep into the script. But you're not, if you're not hooked by 20, I mean, you know, what's the point of getting you reading? For me, like like anybody else, you know, always short of time. So first five, five pages might be a little too short, but – I was I was I was gripping, you know, every I was hanging on to every word after the first five pages. Um, yeah, ten huh. pages is usually it, man. Yeah, I, mean, I know that for fact. I mean, my agent will tell you, yeah, <laughs> first ten pages has to be strong, and you know, it's it, it's cool because I mean, you you can't wait and read to like page ninety. I mean, that's not gonna work. You know? <laughs> no, you, 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 you know, it's got it's got to you got to set the stage, man. You got to set the stage, and it's almost like if the curtains have just been pulled back, now start acting, and that's what I want to see. So, yeah, I mean, really, Riddle House, I mean, first of all, the name is cool, and, you know, the setting is cool, and he said something about an Amityville horror kind of haunted house thing, and I was like, you know what, man, I want to do this, and, of course, you know, working next to Fairway, it's just going to be going to be so much fun. We've been talking about doing a project for years, and uh, this is the one, so, you know, we're, 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 we're excited, we're, we're excited, and um, I'll get Tracy on your show one day, man, and, you know, we can all talk, but, uh, the Riddle House, we're psyched. Like I said, that's a, that's a two-picture deal. And then um, we talked about hide-and-seek. We talked about coffin. Yeah, dude, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, like I said, yeah, yeah. there's so So talk about this. Talk about, you know, what roles are you most likely to turn down? Um, non-paying gigs? I don't know. Um, uh, you, you know what? As an actor, <laughs> yeah, uh, William, I will tell you, as an actor, and any actor that's really into acting will tell you that yeah. you don't turn anything down, man. I mean, we just want to act. I mean, if I could work for free, man, and live, I, I would work for free. Um, mm. I, 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 I love character acting. I'm good at that. I mean, you know, and that's not saying it in the cocky way. It's just confidence, man. I know, I know what I'm good with, and yeah. I know what I'm not good with. I mean, yeah, yeah. And you know, um, I I love trying to breathe life into a character that I would never ever be in real life. And I mean, a lot of the stuff I do, of course, there's, there's kind of a mirror side to me on it. But um, like if you watch Trick and Coffin, I mean, I built that character on um on a, on a on a night that I was super sick I got the script and I couldn't put it down and my voice was like totally shot from um laryngitis and I was sweaty and I was just like very breathy and I built my character from that and um when I got when I I started feeling better from the antibiotics I'm like why why do I suck at this why is my character not so good anymore and I realized it's because I was doing it under you know the weather so I played yeah. Trick with a very deep voice, and he's, like, very breathy and very angry, and it's very, very mean. So that's yeah. how I built that. Yeah, I built that. Ca- I love character acting. It's cool. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think I, could, I would ever really turn anything down. I mean, my agent submits me hmm. for everything. Everything. But, you know, then, of course, you know, if you've done enough work, you know, you get typecasted in certain things, and I get called in yeah. for that because I know I'm going to nail it. That's fine. I mean, if I don't nail it, at least – give the casting director you know, one hell of an impression and she'll call me back or he'll call me back, you know, for another right. project in the future. Yeah. So you plant seeds, man. But, um, I don't think I, you know, like I said, I'm an actor, you know, it's, it's a heightened reality. So I don't have any problem playing characters or different roles. I mean, I don't think I'd turn anything down. Man. That's a good question. I don't think I would. Hmm. And uh, how do you keep your, how do you keep your instruments sharp? Uh, I, I get that question a lot. Um, you know, being in the field, man, being in the field, auditioning literally every other day, if it's self-tape or um, going into an office, you know, um, auditioning 
helps me keep sharp and focused. Um, auditioning is completely different from acting. I keep telling actors that, man. It's completely different. Yeah. You have to have your own method for auditioning. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not acting. And, you know, and, and people that come in with their own voice, and when I say their own voice, you know, I mean, like, the same choices over and over again for your auditions. Well, if you didn't book doing that before, why do you think it's going to change anything now? You know, it's, you have to always be one step ahead of yourself. And you have to have this, this, this clear view that, you know, they're not looking for the typical, but they are looking for something that's going to be palatable for a spoon for the, you know, spoon for America, I'm just going to say. And, you know, you, there's a love that you have to show them. You know, I mean, it's, there's an electricity that you have to have with the, the choice of words you have in improv and the way your mannerisms are, the way you hold yourself, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, it's tough. And to keep your, your instrument sharp, it's like, it's a 24-hour-7 thing, but you can't do acting 24-hour-7. I mean, that, that makes you a boring actor and a boring <laughs> person. Yeah, seriously, man. If, if that's all you talk about and that's all you do, step away from me, dude, because I don't want to talk to you, man. Seriously, that's the most boring thing ever. Find <laughs> a, 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 a line. solid actor. Yeah, dude, a solid actor or a solid person has all these facets, you know? It's not just about right, you oh, use everything. what I booked. Yeah, bro, you get it. You're an actor too, man. So, yeah. you know, you use everything and you, 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 you accept accept it, you know, and you enjoy life, man, it's, you know, it's, it, you know, people are like, oh, it's such a tough gig, yeah, so, so is anything else, I mean, you just got to put the work into it, and there's, there's no, there's no um, recipe for success, but you can create little successes, man, you can enjoy that, man, and people see that, they know that you're enjoying yourself, and enjoying your work, and something's going to break sooner or later, you know, you just got to stay positive, man. You do, you do. So you mentioned uh, self-taping. That's very, very important. So how do you go about mm-hmm. that? Do you use your iPhone or do you go to a friend's studio? How do you do it? It depends on where I am and who I'm with. Um, yeah, back uh, back in uh, Baltimore or in D.C. You go to Baltimore, actually. Um, my favorite, you, you you know him, Ken Arnold. He's he's one of the best for self-tapes. Um, he will, um, he's got a great studio and um, – you know, I totally recommend him because he doesn't he doesn't just read with you. He actually acts with you. He wants you to book the gig. So he's always been great for me whenever I'm back east. Um, here on the West Coast, I have several houses that I can go to. I mean, remember, there are a lot more um, avenues and, like, places to do stuff like this. Um, self-tape. They have places specifically for self-taping. Um, and then, you know, some of the actors will uh, will act with you and instead of just giving you a cold read. Um, but if it's stuff that I can do myself, I mean, I have my own video. I have a GoPro. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, 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 just, I'm obsessed with my GoPro. So um, yeah. I'll put my stuff on GoPro. Yeah, man. And um, you know, have somebody read with me, friend, family, whoever, man. And um, um, but yeah, self taping. You know, the, the world of casting has changed, man. In the past, in the past five years, five and a half, six years ago, I mean, acting really was more of a it was more of a, um, it was like a VIP club, you know, getting into the, the world of acting. It was, it was very VIP. You had to go to casting. You had to go. There was no self-tape, and there weren't any of these breakdowns in public, and it was very yeah. exclusive. And if you were, yeah, if you were in the union, my God, you were just, you know, you were part of the top 10, you know, it was like very, very cool. And, and it was, um, it was a slick time. I mean, things have changed. So yeah, of course, now everybody doing self-tape. And the breakdowns of being out in general public, it's it's so much more difficult for actors that, you know, fancy themselves as actors and not just these renegade weekend warrior actors that, you know, submit their shit. So it's like, dude, it's like not, it's not as exclusive, but, you know, of course, a real actor will always be noticed, you know, and so self-tape, getting back to your self-tape, yeah, man, you have full control of your self-tape. If it's due by Thursday and today is Monday, Keep doing it until it's great. Don't just send the first one you put out, man. You have this. You control the stage. You're the director. You're the writer. You're the casting. Your hair, and makeup. Make sure you look good. Yeah, it takes a little bit of time, but you know what, man? You know, if you book the gig, you're gonna be you're gonna be happy. You invested that time to get it done. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man, absolutely. Because you gotta you gotta uh, you know be your own hero and and do the work. So let's switch gears and and go back in the past a little bit. And uh, the great character actor, Danny Trejo, and also uh, <laughs> Billy Baldwin, you were yeah, in, uh, you and Patrick were in uh, Chronology, and how was that experience? 
Awesome. Chronology was uh, a blast. I got to work with all those guys. Yes, Danny and uh, Billy Baldwin, William Baldwin, um, John James, um, and uh, of course some of the cast from uh, Coffin was involved. And of course Laura James, a very good friend of mine. She was at a she was a model. Well, she is a model uh, from America's Next Top Model, but she has transitioned into the world of acting. She's a, she's a super strong actress. She was, I, we also put her in Coffin too, but um. It was fun. Chronology was great. We shot that in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, like uh, the writers uh, Kip Tribble and Derek Wingo from Coffin put this project together, and uh, we teamed up with some international producers, and uh, we got it shot in Greenville, and we flew Danny in, and uh, we flew William in, and Mr. John James in, and Man, it was something else, man. It was bringing Hollywood into Greenville, South Carolina. If you've never heard of Greenville, South Carolina, <laughs> there's nothing in Greenville, South Carolina. So we were like, it was celebrity status everywhere you went, man. But the uh, the movie chronology was phenomenal, and um, there's several plans for it, man, several plans for it. I know it already had its Eastern European uh, premiere, and it's uh, released out there. It's You know, that that uh, that territory is completely different from, uh, of course, the United States. So, uh, you know, you know, it was released there. They have several plans to do stuff stuff here. Um, I'm not I'm not at liberty to say what it's what's going to happen to it, but I'm really hoping the plans that they have come to fruition because then you'll be able to see this a lot and um, on a platform that um, I'm a big fan to. Um, when I say platform, you know, like example, like Amazon Prime or Netflix or you know one of those platforms. But um, this would uh, this would turn us into household names. So uh, very exciting. Chronology is one hell of a story, and um, you'll love it, man. It's it's it, it's the race against time within time, and um, how lost time has really affected us, and how it doesn't affect us. It's uh, it's it's very deep, man. It's very cool. Yeah, man. A race against time. Wow, that's <laughs> wow, man. So I'm gonna go to yeah. uh, one of those what if questions. So. Mm-hmm. Um, would you rather work steadily in TV, say like network TV, like a Big Bang Theory or something like that, or would you mm-hmm. rather be a movie star? I've had that question asked several times. Um, I'm, you know, by trade, man, I, I started on TV, you know, uh, from the first gig I ever booked, All My Children, um, and learning that it's the that was theatrical work on television, that was not easy. Um, and then of course stuff like, you know, I had my recurrings on Dawson's Creek and One Tree Hill and, and then of course Gotham and all, all the TV shows I've done. I love TV timing. There is such a difference between television timing and film timing. And I'm just kind of cut out, man, for television. Yeah, I'm cut out for television. Um, because I, you know, I'm a fast talker to begin with, but (laughs) I can relay the information without it being convoluted, you know, and and then I can, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty quick at memorizing. Um, that's another great thing that um, actors should always work on. So my short-term memory is awesome. They change stuff on set all the time. I love television only because I like that quote-unquote household name thing. Um, of course, celebrity status on the larger picture would it be to, to do major motion or huge indies. I know the difference. I get it. I do both only because my agent, you know, she's very cool about submitting me to everything. Um, but if I had a choice, I love that whole communal thing where you get to work every day, like on a studio lot, you see everybody and everybody becomes close or not close. <laughs> I've seen that happen too. Um, but, uh, I love that because it's just, well, it's, 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 it's very steady when you do film, you know, you work maybe five to six weeks with a, with a, with an entourage of actors and, and people. And, um, and then you tip your hat and say goodbye and you work on the next project. It's kind of sad. You know, you'll see them for the, uh, the premiere and everything, but, um, you know, it's it, it's a take. I mean, you know, you can have you can you can have celebrity status on television too. It's just not you know the film status. I get it. But uh, to answer your question, I I like television. You know, everyone you know I I know many people that will disagree with me right now, but I'm 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 more of a TV actor. I mean, yeah, I've done my stuff with Coffin and stuff, and I've got more work to do. And I like the expression of expanding lines and pregnant pauses that you can't do on TV. Because pausing mm. with the right way, with not blinking or blinking enough, man, is just enough to like scare someone or make them question what what's going on next. So film, yeah, you have <laughs> a lot more liberty. Yeah, yeah, you have a lot more liberty in film. I do, I get that. But um, I'm quick, man. So you know, television, 
I mean, if, if I had the chance, I'd love to work back at Screen Gem Studios in Wilmington, North Carolina. It's my favorite um, soundstage that I worked on One Tree Hill with and Dawson's, of course. And uh, I love Brightsville Beach. I mean, it's just so much fun. Television, television rocks, man. <laughs> now, because, you know, you said that All My Children was with stage work on TV. So talk about the differences, like, you know, the the picking up of cues and the pacing and everything with a soap opera as opposed to other work. Yeah, um, I was super lucky, man. I mean, I was a complete, like, anti-rebel at NYU, and I remember taking classes at the actor's studio. It was amazing. I mean, I learned a lot. I also learned that nobody liked me. <laughs> so I was, like, seriously, when they had dialogue, I never had a partner, and the coach would always be like, listen, man, just, just read it. Yeah, so I'd make it a monologue, find my own way. Well, we would have scouts time and again in the amphitheater, and I, there was somebody that came in, and, you know, you're just doing your thing. You don't even pay attention to who's walking in or walking out. But at the end of the class, my coach, Mr. Tyson, came up to me, and he said, listen, man, we had somebody here that'd like to read you. Now, we know that at NYU you're not allowed to read for projects while you're trying to get your degree. It's just how it is. But they made a special exception with me because it was uh, from Joan Diancheco's office from ABC. And the card said, all my children. I'm like, I'm reading for all my children? And he goes like, yeah. I go, is that a soap opera? He's like, you don't even know? I said, yeah. He's like, it's a soap opera. So I went over there, and they've been trying to cast this character for apparently a few weeks, almost a month. And I came in with this raw energy because it was really one of my first auditions. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know how to slate. Yeah, it was just like I was just taking classes. And they loved me, and I looked, I looked at the role. That's, that's another big, big thing, too. You can be the greatest actor. If you don't look right for the role, you're not going to get it. So I looked right. the role. I was the right height requirement. That's another thing, too. Some actors are very, you know, weird about their height, you know. So I had all that going for me, and I nailed it. I booked it, and I had, like, over, what, 66 episodes, man, as recurring sets, as uh, Susan Lucci's message. So it was fun, man. And that was right off the bat. So getting to uh, uh, soap opera acting. Not easy. People bash soap operas. I don't know why. These actors <laughs> are super talented. They read. I mean, they they can memorize a plethora, so much dialogue within minutes. And you know, it, you're not married to the lines, by the way, for any soap opera. Just to let you know, you're not married to the lines. But you've got to get that point across, and it better sound intelligent. And you better not sound like yourself. You have to sound like the character. So you may as well memorize the lines. So. You know, I get there literally. I was at the bottom of the totem pole. I was playing a Pine Valley High School student next to Kelly Ripa when she was a Pine Valley High School student. And we would get there. I would get there at least at 6.30 in the morning. 6.30 in the morning. Wow. Every morning. They wouldn't use me until like 2. Yeah. But you had to get there as part of your contract. And I was just happy to be there. They would do your blocking. They would show you where to go. They, you know, you do it a few times for camera. And then when everybody was cool with it, you go through hair and makeup. And then you break for lunch. I don't know why they did it that way, but they always did it that way. And then you would film. And then you would film yeah. until like maybe 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Yeah, so you're there pretty much – I was there at least 10 to 11 hours every time I had to work. Um, yeah. But it was, it was, there was so much gratification, man, because you would leave 66th Street, you know, 350, 66th, where ABC is, and you'd come out the door and you'd have people asking for your autograph. And I, I never before any of this ever had that. And I was like, really? You know who I am? And they're like, yeah. I was like, wicked. So it was, it was cool, man. It was, it was, it was a nice taste of saying, we know who you are, and, you know, like, thank you for, like, giving this your time. And it, it was really, it was something else. I mean, it, it's neat talking to people, at, you know, on the other side of the studio a lot. Wall, um, that, that was another thing, too. It's same with uh, Dawson's Creek and One Tree Hill. You'd have people coming up asking for your picture. So and that was fun, but that, that's not what you work for. You know, you work to work. So that's just uh, another little added uh, bonus. But um, it, it's nice getting the... Um, the attention time and again it can be a little too much sometimes, but it's, it's fun. No. But, uh, yeah, but soap opera work, dude, is not easy. And then no, let me compare that to uh prime time, prime time. You get a script and it's very rigid and it's like, these are the words the writer will, will shoot you. If you don't say them right, these are your words. And this, <laughs> you are married to these words. You're not going off on an improv. Nobody wants to hear how talented you are when it comes to that. So that's that. And you know, it's very synthetic. You know, it's not as organic as, like, theatrical acting. Um, yeah. But there is definitely, dude, there's definitely a um, there's a recipe to it, man. And I just love, I love television acting. I don't know, I, I've always been a TV actor. I just, I just love television. Right. So, but you have to talk about, uh, now, there is the, the basic cable, like uh, Walking Dead, uh, 
Breaking Bad, uh, Mad Men, and things like that. I mean, so would you think you would lean more toward the uh, those kind of shows, or you know, could you see yourself liking and being and enjoying more the uh, kind of the network shows? Right. Um, I've always done the network shows because remember those were the only things that were available, I guess, when I was racing around the country, you know, I, I wanted to right. put a recurring somewhere and that's what I got. Right. So now you have all these new shows and yes, all these, uh, renegade indies, walking dead, uh, stranger things, you know, all these amazing shows. And yeah, of course my age is leaning me toward that. Cause that's more character acting. That's more film driven style television. If that makes any sense. Um, they kind of break the line, you know, like stuff like Stranger Things. I, I keep talking about it. I've, I've been auditioning for the show now, and I'm, I'm working on my ninth episode. I mean, my ninth audition for the show. I'll book it sooner or later. Um, yes, they uh, they don't go with the book, like OTH, like One Tree Hill. I mean, they don't go. They don't. They don't use the same rules, man. They make their own rules, and uh, that's fun. Yeah, I, I would. To- I mean, of course, I lean towards those shows. I would love to do those shows, and I will eventually. I mean, it's just a matter of time. You gotta, you gotta get in with the casting director. They've gotta love you to keep calling you back. And if you don't book, I mean, your job is to audition. You know, actors have to remember, man. You, you're you're not an actor at this at this level. You're you're an auditioner, and you gotta be the best at what you do, man. And just because you're you're the best, it doesn't mean you're gonna book it. So you have so much against you. But as long as you leave knowing that you did great, and everybody says, you know what, we're gonna call you back, and then you know what. You've done good. You know your job. You you did your job. So um yeah, Walking Dead, um, Vampire Diaries. Well, that's network. But um um yeah, Stranger Things. All those you know Netflix kind of shows and you know there's you know Amazon Prime shows. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I'm 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 totally down for those shows too. Yeah, now you said you were on your ninth audition for Stranger Things. I mean that's amazing. I hear so many stories of actors that go in for like. You know, up to like you know, fifteen, twenty auditions. I mean, why does it take yeah. so many? Well, you want to hear something, man? Dawson's Creek. I, I, I auditioned for Dawson's Creek twenty-eight times. Twenty-eight times. Yeah, dude. I, I auditioned from episode two all the way to the last season. And I'm going to use myself mm. as an example. If I if I did not continue to try to audition or you know get these auditions from my agent and the casting directors, the Finn Cannons down in Wilmington, they're the most beautiful casting directors on the planet. If they didn't believe in me and kept calling me in, I swear to you, I never would have booked the show because I was at my I was on my last straw on the 24th audition. I told my agent, "Dude, screw you, man. I'm not going down anymore. I just don't feel like auditioning for it. I'm not going to book this show." And he, he's like, at the time, my old agent was like, "No, man, go in." So I read for this like young teacher, and I was like, "I'm not. That's not me. I didn't book it." And then the following audition, the 25th or whatever it was, I auditioned for like this kind of like this this frat party kind of asshole. Like he was like kind of mean. And I didn't book it. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. But the other, and then the final audition was for a junior stockbroker. And it was a combination of kind of like my, my teacher role that I read for and having that arrogance of that frat boy. And I put that together. They saw that, and I nailed it. And so instead of having a one episode with Dawson's, it turned into an eight-episode recurring. So you never say no to auditions, man. So, yeah, if it takes that long, it takes that long. Same with things. I'm dying to audition. I mean, I'm, I'm dying to book it. Yeah, I'm on my ninth. But Carmen Cuba is a phenomenal casting director. And she knows what she likes and what the show likes. It's not always up to her. Remember, when you do episodic, your work, they always work with a new director. Every episode is done by, by a new director or every other episode. So they don't know who you are. The casting director knows who you are. But the person that's looking for talent for their episode, they don't know who you are most of the time. So you you have to you have to get gain the faith and the trust from the casting director that's doing a show, and then they will say, listen, I'm going to bring in my favorite five, and he's one of them or she's one of them, and then hopefully the the director is going to fall in love with you, and boom, you're going to get the job. Yeah, absolutely. So I see uh, uh, Patrick uh, Barnett is uh, on the switchboard now. Patrick has been in so many projects. I mean, he's been in. Uh, was a Star Trek Voyager. Uh, he's been in The Shield. He's been, uh, and of course he was in Coffin too. So uh, we got a lot to talk about. And he loves the uh, the American Songbook. He's a great singer. So I'm gonna bring him on the air. So Patrick, Close. what's going good on, William? How are you, man? Good, man, good to I'm see great. you. Good I'm... to hear you. Bye, Zan. 
Paisan, nice to have you aboard, man. Nice to My have man, you here, dude. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show, William. I've been, I've been listening to you guys gap a little bit now. Absolutely, Patrick. So I see you had this big gig, man, at the Baronese over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a gig Valley Glen. You know, I was in the middle of a yeah. song, and, and who walked yeah. in but Mr. Paisan himself, Johnny Alonzo. <laughs> <laughs> he walked in. I, he walked in, and I said hi to him. And then I, I turned to the drummer, Billy, great Billy Paul. Billy Paul turned to me. and was like, he's like, who's that guy? I recognize him. He looks almost looks a little Paul McCartney. Paisan <laughs> <laughs> had this cool sort of Beatles jacket on. But anyway, uh, yeah, I had a gig. Um, had a gig at Peroni's, and you know, I, I'm a singer, and you know, uh, I'm an actor and, and singer performer, and I. I I sing around Los Angeles and you know around um, around the city, and occasionally we do a gig out of town. And uh, I've been singing at Baroni's is is a really really cool old school Italian restaurant. It could really be anywhere in the United States. It's really really mostly has that East Coast vibe, that kind of you know you know New York uh, New York Baltimore kind of East Coast hardcore, almost like a like a like you walked into a scene from um, The Sopranos or something like that. So oh, right. it's a really, really classical place, and actually, it's 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 got quite a history. I mean, it's it's been around. That building's been around for like forty, fifty years. But they actually shot, and this is cool. When I when I first started singing there, somebody told me this that uh, they actually shot the movie Fast Times Ridgemont High at that place. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. So they they sh- yeah they shot it in in the uh, in the the scene where the, where. Uh, my brain, my my uh, my memory fails me at the moment, but the uh, the young guy who's you know going out with Jennifer Jason Lee, he takes her out to dinner and he he loses his wallet. He calls and the mom. So it's the restaurant <laughs> scene where they have dinner is where they shot you know where they shot um, uh, Fast Time. So so anyway, we had a gig, we had a great time, and I sing jazz like you know Sinatra stuff, and uh, I put in an album some years back, and I've been recording you know some new material, working on a new record and gigging all over the place and having a blast. And, you know, we did, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, Johnny, I've been listening to you guys and, uh, you know, we had a blast doing, you know, cough. we, we go way back, you know, I mean, Coffin one was in 2010. So, I mean, yeah, that film is, it's, a, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, you know, when you consider that it's been almost 10 years since the first, and then we were lucky enough to come back and do the second and bring, you know, we you know basically brought the band back together right we had you know right. a lot of the core the core members back you know like Johnny Trick was back you know and uh, you know Kip Tribble and and Derek and um, you know Sonny the great Sonny Dench so you know so Kip you know and Spencer Johnson the great Spencer Johnson of you know of the real yep. independent film festival producer who's kind of you know was the uh, the pretty much the uh, the one who put all this together um, Spencer gave the green light and, you know, Kip wrote it and cranked it out. And we, uh, we had a blast. I mean, how much fun do we have, Paisan, huh? Paisan, we had such a blast. And it was nice bringing in new <laughs> blood and, of course, bringing in the old salt. And, you know, I, I think, uh, of course, we forgot to mention Robert Mukes, who was just amazing in the, in the project. Oh, and, Mukes, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, oh. William, you know, uh, Patrick yeah. will agree with me with this. When we, when we go from project to project, it's like, you get to really meet some really interesting people, man, and you learn from these people, and they're learning from you. Everybody's sponging off each other. It's so much fun. And I think Coffin Three, when we when we when we orchestrate this new um, this new show, it's gonna be uh, it's it's going to be intense. I mean, Coffin Three is gonna go balls to the wall, completely different, completely different yeah, uh, direction. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, okay, folks, I think we have a caller here, uh, number two three zero. I'm gonna bring them on the air. See if they have a question. You're on the air. Do you have a question? Hi. Hey, Johnny. Hi. Hey, Patrick. It's your girl, Jessie, from Greenville. Hey. Jessica. All right. <laughs> okay, Jessie. What's your question? Um. So have you all settled on where Coffin 3 is going to happen yet? Say it again. I'll, I let, I'll let Johnny go first. <laughs> okay. Yeah, say that again, Jessie. Um, have you all settled on where Coffin 3 is going to be at yet? Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes and no. I know that we've been scout locating. Uh, I mean, location scouts um, have been looking uh, into, uh, of course, the Los Angeles area. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because it's, there's a very – I can't give away anything, and Patrick will agree with me. Um, there's a, there's a know, very specific look. Yeah, very specific look for this, uh, for this uh, intro and mm-hmm. a very specific look for uh, – you know, like anything else, man, like um, the, the location almost becomes a character. So this is very um, – it's intense. I mean, it, 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 of course, this film can be shot in Greenville. It, it, can be, it can be shot in your area. But um, I'm not sure yet. You know, like I said, uh, we still got to talk with uh, a couple other people. And if we can make things work out, it might be in L.A. But if we can get the tax breaks, we're going to go back down to the south. Yes. Awesome. All Did right. Guys, like... <clears throat> how's, All how's right. Very good. Doing? Okay. Well, well, thanks for the call, Jesse. Thank you. Bye, okay. guys. All right, guys. Bye, Dom. Okay, so um, Johnny, I'm gonna throw this out there. How did you first meet Patrick? Great question. Um, once I uh, screen tested with uh, Kip and I nailed Coffin. Um, I did, you know, me being an East Coast actor at the time, um, I didn't really know a lot of uh, actors that were in the mix. And I've, I've, of course, I've heard of Patrick Barnett. I mean, you know, he's been around. The, the great scene of auditions and, you know, the usual suspects, as I like to call them. So I got on set, and really the first time I got to meet Patrick was the first day of filming. And we hit it <laughs> off like no other. I was like, this this guy, man, this guy's got, he's got that East Coast, New York, Jersey edge. And we just hit it off. And um, mind you, you've seen Coffin, you're a fan. Um, Patrick and I have a ton of dialogue together. So if, yeah. if if we didn't have the chemistry that we had right off from a jump, it would have been um it would have been bad news. But no, dude, we just we 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 love each other like brothers, and we got through this man. We because we knew that you know if there's gonna be suspense, we've got it. If there's gonna be humor, we got it. If there was gonna be anger, it was all there, and we just played off each other's you know strengths and weaknesses. And I love working with Patrick. I wish we had more. In Coffin 2, but I can say this, man. When Coffin 3 is doctored up, man, don't think for one second I'm not going to put in my own two bits and say, no, man, Jack, Sam's and Trick, they need a lot more. A lot more in 3. Tons more in 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Patrick, Patrick, i got to throw out there. So now, yeah. you see a good good chemistry between actors. Is that something that's there or is something that's developed? Well, I mean, you know, I think, I think it's, you know, it's, I think it it varies from you know from uh, from project to project and sort of it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of on a one off basis for me in my experience. I mean I find that I mean with Johnny for example. I mean we we spoke. I mean I, I, I'm trying to remember. I think we we maybe I think we exchanged we, we exchanged messages before we shot. I think it was sort of like we hey did. I'm Johnny I'm Pat. You know I don't even think we spoke and then we we, we got to the location. Um, we were shooting in this location at this this uh, Mexican restaurant in Downey called uh, called Casa Cabral. Wow, that's, that's my memory <laughs> served me that time. Jesus, <laughs> oh, anyway, holy match! Uh, yeah, anyway, check it out, Casa Cabral in Downey. Anyway, and and great Mexican restaurant. So we met at the location, and and you know we got there at like you know five six p.m. They were serving you know have serving dinner, and then you know Kip and Derek, who I've known for years, you know. I mean, I knew that you know Johnny and I were you know we we had a we had a lot of stuff, you know he and I most of our scenes in the movie were with one another. I mean, very I had right. very few scenes with other folks. I mean, it was eighty percent of what I did in the film was was with Johnny. Um, you know, a lot of driving scenes and such. So we were you know we just met and it was like hey hey Clyzon hey I'm Johnny and Pat da da da, and then Kip and Derek just looked at us and said guys you ready. And, <laughs> and you know, we looked at each other and said, "We're ready." Thumbs up. We jumped right. in the car and we literally sh- we shot the first day of Coffin. We actually shot the most intense scenes in the movie, where he's not to give it away for people who haven't seen it, but one of the more intense scenes in the movie where you know my wife, you know, is in a jam. Anyway, but it was it was yeah. crazy. It was we had to go to literally from zero to one hundred. In wow. And it's and with it, with like literally with the firing of a gun, it was crazy. So mm-hmm. uh, it was, yeah. yeah. It's it's you know I I found that with, with certain people, you know, you know you you literally just hit it off and that helps. And then if and if you have that, I mean that's that's, you know that's like, that's like lightning in a bottle, right? 
Totally. Yeah, there you, know, you that's, go. That's I mean that's there that's go. that's that's gold right there if you have it because you can you click. I mean it, it, the same thing was with like Bruce Davison on Coffin, you know, Coffin 1 and um you know, working with Bruce um you know, I mean, he he's just he's such a brilliant actor but but beyond him being a brilliant I remember when Johnny and I met yeah. him on the set. I mean, we were, you know, we were jazz. I mean, we were all everybody, you know, in the production was, you know, thrilled. I, I think we have a couldn't believe we we were working with, you know, Academy right, Award guys, nominee. We have the the switchboards are lighting up. Uh, so let's bring in uh, number four thirteen and see if they have a question. Okay, four thirteen. What's your question? Hello. Who's this? Uh, my name's Irv. I'm calling from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm good friends with Johnny Alonzo. Hey, Paisan, how are you, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, chiming in, man. That's great. Well, I've, I've, been, I've been listening to you. I've been listening to you guys, and Johnny and I go way back, so I've been following his career. I guess what I want to share with with your listeners, um, as I watch Coffin One and Coffin Two, Johnny worked on like different levels of production from network TV to the big series to the ind- independent film to the gorilla making independent film. What's cool about Johnny, because I've worked with him on some of our, you know, in the early days, the low-budget stuff, Johnny's always present. Johnny's always, like, prepared and present and very generous as an actor. And I noticed the good chemistry with you and your co-stars in Coffin. It seemed like everybody was, like, in it to win it. And it was it was, it was nice to see that on, on a movie where it's not, like, a $100 million Hollywood budget where everyone's just kind of going on name recognition where you're, like, you're, I'm watching some of these actors that – I've never seen before, and I'm I'm buying it. I'm that that suspended belief that you know every director wants to get. So well, my question is for Johnny and his listeners: How is it working with you know the different levels of people, and what do you give and take to these guys? First of all, you should be my PR guy from now on. Your task. Um, <laughs> nice. Well, I am. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big <laughs> fan. I'm your friend, but I, I'm a big I'm a friend, but I'm a big fan because yeah. most people don't know how hard Johnny works. I mean. He put more miles on his cars than anybody I know because he's out there constantly in the grind, auditioning, trying to get things done, and now he's getting the rewards, and I'm happy and I'm proud for him. Ah, dude, you're the greatest, man. You know, getting to your question, you know, what, 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 what is it like, you know, working with these uh, actors at different levels? And, I mean, you know, right. if I get from the indies to and the not of talent, not of talent of, like, you're working on where, like, money and concerns of schedule – are different because look, the guys who worked with him, Coffin, those guys were awesome. The guy that had his wife in the box, he what, what's the actor's name? Hit Susan on the phone right now. He's awesome, dude. That guy like blew me away. Dude, you, here's the thing, and and Patrick will tell you, man. You know, at all levels, you, actors, <laughs> that, yeah, all actors that are you know what that are hungry, and actors that just cannot get enough. It's like it's like a heroin addiction, man. You just cannot get enough. You want wow. this to work, and you, you want it to be that strong and that intense or that lighthearted or that comedic. You know, when you, when you find actors that are true to the talent and true to the, true to the business and true to themselves, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an independent, you know, low-budget actor or, you know, a high-dollar multi. Because, yeah, we've all worked with these guys. I've worked with the greats. I've worked with huge names, but I've also worked with unknowns. But I've seen, I've seen a similarity, a common thread between those actors, and that's the one thing is it's the want, the want, man. And if you don't have the want, man, that's when those guys become lethargic. That's when, you know, it might be a little harder to work with. Did Kip give you guys the, you know, because he's in it, he wrote it, directed it, he's, he's one of the leads in it. Is it is it more difficult to work with a guy that's like so close to because you know that's just basically his baby? Did he give you guys the freedom to do? Because that opening scene in Coffin One is is if no one has seen it, go grunt that thing, dude. The opening scene at you know in, in, at Somar Avenue because I know the location was brilliant. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, I was going like, oh my god, that it was so amazing. So the Kip really give you guys yeah. the freedom to like to play with each other. You know, Patrick, answer that one. You got a good one on that. Yeah, Patrick, I mean, <laughs> I know, my boy, like, because you, know. you were so you were so good in that. I mean, as menacing as Johnny was, you really were feeling the thing. So, I mean, how did that play out? The kid let you guys just kind of play tennis with each other yeah, and Patrick, go at it or that question. Yeah, yeah, you know. Listen, thanks for chiming in, man, and thanks for the kind words. Yeah. And we really, you know, appreciate uh, appreciate the support. Yeah, I. Um, yeah. You know, Johnny and I, you know, Kip and Derek, you know, Derek. Derek Wingo and Kip Tribble, you know, co-directed the first one. Um, and 
basically, I mean, there was like eight eight pages. Of, I think it was like seven or eight pages of dialogue. So it was literally done in one take. So um, so basically, before we 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 did the scene, they said, "Look, guys, we're just going to turn the camera on and we're going to follow you. It's going to be a handheld shot." And awesome. Keiko uh, Nakahara, uh, who was this our amazing DP, um, she's phenomenal. She um, and the camera crew they just followed us. So we. Um, we had they, they gave us a they gave us a, a lot of, of room to work and, and a lot of uh, sort of free reign and pretty much I mean aside from a couple of spots where they said we need you here you know on this line or we need you to right. cross here um, Johnny and I pretty much I mean you know we we stuck pretty much to the script but we we kind of made it our own and we kind of really sort of directed ourselves through the scene obviously with the guys Kip and Derek but we we made it our own and um nice and yeah nice. i mean that was that okay, was folks, pretty we got to have to move on scene because it went on for i mean it was yeah. it was intense from an acting well, standpoint i, I appreciate you know, i appreciate i appreciate yeah. the, the time with you guys cuz like i said i'm a big fan of johnny and patrick i think you're awesome so i'm just i was listening in enjoying the show and i just wanted to call from a freezing cold baltimore maryland and just saying hey what's oh, up okay. in hollywood thanks <laughs> for the listen. call God bless you, man. thanks thanks for thanks, calling thank you guys on okay you so let's much, bring on uh Number 421, uh, introduce yourself and ask your question. Okay, 421, you're on air. Hello. Hi. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Hi. Hi. Yeah, what's hey. your name? Uh, this is Kevin. Hey, Johnny. What's up? Hey, Kevin. Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, Kevin. Right. <laughs> Not much. Not much. Hey, listen, um, yeah, like uh, Irv, uh, I've known Johnny forever since Baltimore.LA, and, you know, Johnny, love you, love your work, love everything about it. Got a chance to see the premiere, and it was it was it was a blast. So I'm gonna I'm, I'll be shorter than Irv. I'm not as I'm not as uh, I don't have as eloquent of words as he does. But um, so my my question is maybe one for you know audience and actors alike. Um, with your with your character Trip, you know he's deep deep and dark. Uh-huh. How did you get yourself How did you get yourself into that? Because um, you know, as a normal everyday person, you're not going to do the things he does, right? So how oh, did no. you how did you get yourself to that, get yourself to that place? Yeah, well, yeah. at least as far as I know. You know <laughs> I was going to say, I might have a couple ex-girlfriends that might beg to differ. But, um, yeah, there man, um, let me answer you, Kevin, and then I'll, I'll, I'll also pass the torch to Patrick because we're both character actors, and it, it comes down yeah. to this. As I said earlier, you know, you have to find inspiration for your characters. I don't care what your character is, and it, it just, these rules apply to auditioning as well. If you come in just because you think you're pretty and you think that you're going to get it because you got great hair, dude, it ain't going to work. You need to bring something to the plate. And when I read Trick, you know, I, I was like, Jesus, how am I, what am I going to do? This guy's in a mask. How am I going to make this happen? You know, I'm working with this guy that was on Star Trek. How am I going to do that? And I'm freaking out. But I'm reading the yeah. script, and I fell in love with it. And I, as I told William earlier, I was, I was riddled with like the flu. And I mean, my voice was very raspy and I was sweaty and I was lethargic and I was hunched over because I was like, I didn't have any energy. Well, when I was reading the script, I utilized all of that and my character just started forming. And I'm a very physical character. Like, you know, I, I, when, when I speak to someone, of course, like, like all of us, we all look at, you know, the the other person in the eyes, but I'm very, very um, passionate about what I say. So I, I've learned in acting that every word, and, and I'll go round for round with anyone that, that disagrees with me, every word means something in the script. It could be the word the, it could be the word of, it could be the letter O. Everything means something. So I've learned that right. in order to put this together, yeah, yeah I, you know, yeah, I had to be menacing. Well, look, I'm, I'm a small guy. I'm only 5'8". I'm a 5'8", you know, about 129, 130 and I had to be menacing, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do everything with silence, and I'm going to do everything Patrick, with, you know, with, uh, yeah, yeah, coming up with a spike word. Patrick, go for it. Patrick, right. go for it, yeah. Hey, yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's a great question, and, um, you know, for me, I, I didn't I didn't have time to think. I mean, I I read the script. I worked on the script. Uh, you know, I, I absorbed it. I did my work on it. I got to the set, and as I was kind of, you know, mentioning before, you know, just, just the conditions. We just had the, I mean, when you're, when you're shooting an indie film, the pulse, the electricity, I mean, you don't have, you had X amount of time to get X amount of work done. So, so there's a, there's a drive, there's an urgency. 
and you got to get mm-hmm. done, so you got to get right to it. And you don't have time to shoot, you know, five, six, seven takes. I mean, you do a master, you move in for a couple of singles, a couple of shots, and you're done, you move on. So, so you had, basically, so much of your work has to be done before, but as soon as I got there, I thought, I don't have time to think. I mean, like, we, like yeah. as soon as I, it was just like, boom, out of the gate, just in there, and I can't think about, am I this guy? I am this guy. And, right, and, that that's, and that's how we won. As soon as I got there, there I you go. There you Johnny's go. trick and play ball. Thank you for the call, Kevin. All right, so we're down to about two minutes, uh, guys. So um, in these last two minutes, I guess, uh, Johnny, we'll start with you. Uh, any parting words or anything else you want to promote, or websites, uh, movies? And then uh, Patrick will have you uh, wrap everything up. Yeah, man. Um, okay, uh, I saw you just, uh, what, a couple weekends ago? Or, like, last week, whatever it was, at the Baltimore yeah, Media Web Fest. Yeah, about a week uh, ago. That was fantastic. It was, it was good. Yeah, it was good. I travel so much, I don't even know where I am right now. But anyway, it was great <laughs> seeing you there, and I thank you for inviting me back on the show. Um, click Absolutely. on the show.com, of course. Yeah, dude, I know that there's some footage of you behind the scenes with us at that uh, that amazing Creative Alliance. So once that episode's locked and loaded, I'll let you know. But, yeah, click on this show.com. It's one of the hosting jobs that I do. Keep your eyes open for The Riddle House because The Riddle House is going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. Great cast, great ensemble. It's going to be awesome. Um, uh, what's it called? Coffin 3, of course. That's out. That's going to be in the works. But, you know, rent Coffin 2, man, so you, can, you know, you're, um, you're part of the click. And you know what's happening. You can always find me. On the IMDb, Johnny Alonzo. Of course, my johnnyalonzo.com website. Follow me on Instagram, guys. If anybody's listening, I want to see my followers go up. Johnny.Alonzo on Instagram. <laughs> and also Twitter, Johnny Alonzo. To you, Patrick. <laughs> hey, guys. So, listen, thanks for tuning in, guys. And, guys, William, thank you so much for having me on the show. Paisan, the one and only. Johnny Alonzo, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can find me uh, on Facebook, uh, guys, uh, Patrick Barnett. Uh, my personal page, and then my my page for uh, music and acting and, and the like, Patrick Barnett Live, Facebook. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram with Patrick Barnett, uh, uh, Twitter as well. Um, go check Coffee 2 out of Redbox. We'll be in iTunes, uh, iTunes, Amazon Prime. Uh, we just sold it to a bunch of new territories. It'll be in Europe soon. And uh, listen, guys, I met a screenwriter years ago on a plane. He told me I was a very young actor. I was just starting out, very successful guy. He said, "Listen, no matter how gets it, no, no matter how bad it gets, or how desperate it might get for you, and just when you think you might want to give up, if you really love it, you got to do it. Passionate about it, and uh, enjoy what you do." So, listen. Um, thanks so much, guys. Yeah, man, and think it's uh, and talk, talking about passion. You know, it's just been a real pleasure tonight. I really had fun. And I, I really learned a lot. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much, William. Man, appreciate it a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. We'll, we'll see. I'm gonna get out to ball. I'm gonna get out to Baltimore next year, and we'll uh, we'll nice. have to meet up. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, we'll oh, go definitely. see a Ravens game. Let's do it. Sound like a plan. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay, y'all have a have a good night and an amazing week. Take William, care, William. You do the God same. Bless. Thank you, brother. Bye All right, man. Okay. All right, Paisan. Yes. All right, my dear listeners out in Radio Land, remember to do something for your career every single day and break a leg. Good night. Under the dark, you pacify me. Hold my breath. Take me down, I won't fight. Beat of my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes the sound no one can find I never met anyone like you I wasn't living before you came Now I'm seeing myself in you Yeah.
with Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.